Hello everyone, uh, I'm Nico from Music Ally and I have with me today Rob from Giant Men Management. I'm going to let him introduce himself first. Uh, so my name is Rob McAllister, uh, I was Nico's colleague um, a couple of years ago. I used to work at Music Ally and, and worked on Sandbox and, and now I work at Giant Men Management. Um, so we've got like 15 acts on our roster, um, Crystal Fighters, Anna Calvi, Mount Kimby. And I'm our sort of in-house digital and fan experience guy. So I look after marketing, advertising, and sort of anything direct to fan. Yeah, and you kind of gave over the the campaign reign to me when you uh, when you uh, stopped uh, working at Music Ally. So I took over after Rob uh, two and a half years ago. Yes. Oh my God, it's been really long now. Has yeah. So I've been writing the campaigns uh, for Sandbox for quite some time, and this is actually my first time that I get to. I got to choose all of the campaigns that featured uh, into the last kind of sandbox uh, issue. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to talk about a few of our favorite campaigns from last year. And then we're going to see where we're looking at the trends and see where we're going into 2016. Do you say 2016 in English? God, yeah. I'm not even sure. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is my Swedish coming. I'm getting all paranoid with podcasts. Uh, okay, so do you want to start first with uh, your two favorite campaigns from the Sandbox issue and why? Yeah, so um, I, I went through the campaigns and um, there's a phenomenally high sort of attitude of campaigns from what I saw. Um, the two that sort of really stood out for me, one was for um, Madion or Maidon, um, French electric electronic musician. Um, and I think what really stood out about what this campaign was, it was like an interactive, it had many parts to it, but the part that really stood out to me was like the interactive game. Um, I'm quite a big hip hop fan myself. I really like the idea of samples and sampling. And this really stood out to me. And I found myself being on the website for about five to 10 minutes, creating loops. And what it allowed you to do was take various elements of a song and from the album and create your own sort of version of it. Um, by piecing together using your keyboard, um, it was really, really well mobile optimized as well. Um, it was put together, I think, by the guys that we make awesome shit, and I think pretty good digital had some sort of um, input there as well. Um, but it was just a, a really, really engaging. You know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not a Madion fan. I wasn't necessarily aware of his music, but the result of that, as sort of a neutral, was I sort of got to play with his music, and because of that. I went and listened to his music and listened to sort of the album and the single and I was then engaged throughout the campaign because of that. So it was like a really gripping and enticing first experience for him. Um, and it looked really beautiful, like mm. it looked really cool. It was really clean and simple. Um, and it, it just was, yeah, it was really easy to use, something that anyone, even myself, could sit behind a keyboard and feel like I was creating music. That was really, really powerful. Yeah, and I know that, like you mentioned, like not necessarily like the, the hardcore fans mm. weren't the only ones playing around with it, and that really works to kind of expand the audience. That was really good. I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, and it, it must have cost, you know, the campaign budget must have been quite high, um, but it, it feels like it really proved results and sort of it created something really cool that I think it got covered on shitloads of press because um, it was just really enticing. Um, the other one that I really really liked was who by, again by an artist I'd never heard of and I read the description in Sandbox and I went and checked him out listened to some of his music just on the basis of this campaign was a guy called Jay Views 
and he created this um it was like a campaign to showcase how he recorded the album and what influences it had in like a musical dna system i guess is the best way to mm. describe it so you go on his website um and it would encounter sort of everything so he would say oh, i've I was listening to Nina Simone with my friends and he would link to the YouTube video and he would highlight a quote that she said, I think it was like um, about freedom. And it was like, mm. it was just, it was a phenomenally powerful and engaging way to sort of experience someone's music. And it felt like a real, um, a really good way to showcase sort of how long the process can be to write music. Um, and it wasn't sort of something that was easily thrown together and you can see the strands. And what was really nice is you can, play the track while going along the timeline for each track of like what changed each decision. Yeah. Um, it felt like a sort of, you know, like rap genius on steroids where yeah. you can, you know, rap genius, you can annotate lyrics and you can log in with like YouTube, but with J views, this like website looked absolutely beautiful. Like that was the, one of the real things It was really engaging. You could really sort of move around and it moved to your movements and where you were in the song, but it was just a really well thought together um campaign but also it was like really clear that it was led by the artist yeah and i think like from a management side like not you know i'm i work with a management group like that is what we try and do as much as possible is make sure that the the artist is at like the forefront of every engagement like creatively they have you know final say and they're able to sort of be involved in their personality is sort of showcased as well as the music because obviously it ties together really importantly and this was like a really, to me anyway, like was fascinating because mm. as a fan, I was able to see, okay, well, this influenced this lyric and it was over a conversation about Nina Simone with his friends. And it was just really, really powerful. And, you know, again, I went and listened to his music and um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a fan now, but I'm definitely a lot more aware of him because of it. Um you know, and that was, I just, it looked beautiful. I definitely agree with you. I was so happy uh, when they sent in. It was actually one of the, so I did find him earlier this year. I think it came out April, May or something um, on, during the spring. That's when we um, became aware of it. And it was, like you say, it's such a beautiful, like, website where everything was, and it's self-released. I thought that was amazing, mm. like, that they, they, it really came from the artist and, having a creative input and it also made I mean it made me think of oh maybe that's kind of what we need to do perhaps his fans or other people that notice him would actually appreciate the music so much mm. more because you know how much time and effort goes into making creating the album and that's a very interesting thought kind of doing it in a different way rather than just pushing out like updates oh this yeah. is me in the studio you know like on facebook or whatever like yeah no. and it, it, like i guess by doing it his website he has full creative control exactly and um like i think last year i saw music ally cover like a newton faulkner campaign where he mm. live streamed everything i thought that was really cool but you sort of all the songs were already written and he just went and recorded the studio so you saw that process but i think what was fascinating about this was you sort of got a sense of everything. You got a sense of what the initial idea came from and then how it was recorded. There's, you know, this footage of him and the footage isn't, you know, fantastic footage all, all the time. It can be really basic, but it's really engaging. Um, and I think that was what was really powerful about it. It felt mm. really organic. And maybe with a huge act, it wouldn't necessarily work because you know that there'd be all these, there'd be a huge team behind it. Yeah. You know, like the One Direction campaign, like, that we that was in sandbox looked fantastic but you know that 
it has full support from Google, from Twitter and from Apple. Yeah. And for the majority of artists, if you're not One Direction, that's out of reach. Like to get those three. Where with this, it's something that you could replicate, but also because he is an independent artist, I'm sure it costs a hell of a lot of money. But um it was it was still like really relevant and really engaging. So Nico, what were I've sort of gone through my two highlights from those. What obviously you compiled the whole thing, so you have a wider grasp of like what was submitted. What were sort of your two standouts from the exhaustive list that yeah. got sent through? <laughs> I have to say it was like such a massive amount of of submissions and I kept getting I was really happy that there were so many like quality submissions yeah. because I kept getting like happier and happier and I was like, oh my God, I have to include this, I have to include this. One of my all time from favorites from the whole year and I didn't know, it seems like I'm really patriotic now, but I didn't know <laughs> it was the Swedish team that did this, but it was the Avicii campaign from, and I actually thought it came from like the global, but it comes from their creative labs in Sweden. Oh, cool. And they created this comic book for uh, for Instagram and it was really nice I mean I've seen similar campaigns um, churches did a similar thing we've seen it with brands do it when you use kind of the tagging ability mm. on photos and you create like this whole collage of different images and then you can tap yourself into different types of profiles uh, with the tagging ability really easy like it's just kind of the technical bits that are a bit like you have to get several profiles but it doesn't really cost you anything mm. except for the design work but this one was super it was just so smart because, first of all, it was really relevant for his demographics. Uh, mm. I think it was really, it were, it definitely suited uh, his fans, uh, the kind of into comic books. And then on top of that, they kind of created this story that you could, where you could take different type of actions, depending on what you wanted to do. You were taking to different songs on the album and then led to kind of the end was the song and then you could kind of listen to it on Spotify. But it was also, they through that they're kind of tracking the different type of demographic that actually listen because yeah. you know depending on you're just playing a game but yeah, they're yeah. actually getting loads more information on you and that was just so it was just really brilliant and smart uh, and I thought that was just amazing uh, so that's like one of my favorite ones and I, I think when it comes to uh, the independent side of uh, like the independent bands, uh, there was a band called Yacht, which okay. kind of made a similar. I don't. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> it's that long boat, luxury boat, uh, and it's uh, a band in the US. And they, I mean, besides from having, uh, it was now we're just talking about you know the marketing campaigns, but of course the music has to play a part. It was brilliant music, um, but it was just it was. So we kind of. We had one bit of their campaign, but it was a, it was part of a much, much larger campaign, which was super cool. So they used, uh, you mentioned Genius before, mm. and so they used that to kind of create annotations for one of their songs. They used like a, a well, the ones that we featured was where you could sit in, uh, in LA, it's famous for its traffic jams. <laughs> and so you were sitting there and then when it was like, when it was when you were waiting in the queue that's when it started kind of like it was kind of connected to i don't oh, cool. actually know how it worked technically yeah but it was really cool but then they started playing so there was much more it was kind of taking advantage of something that everyone goes through but it was and and you could discover this band through 
traffic jams really yeah. it was just weird um but, <laughs> but very cool and then they also gathered all of it on you because you mentioned mentioned jview's kind of website where you could follow everything mm. and they've gathered all of the different bits of their campaigns yeah. on this particular website which i thought was really cool because you could go in and it was it was so many i can't actually remember all of the the bits but they had like really cool like there was one where they had this whole banner and they were standing uh i can't actually remember the whole thing but it was it was a cool one when yeah. we had this release as well um so i just thought that was brilliant that seems like a really cool idea though like tying yeah rather than it being like tweets to unlock it's unlocked by a traffic jam yeah so exactly like, I, I would assume the press worthiness of that in la was probably quite large because there must be hundreds of thousands of people that experience that downtown traffic every day exactly so it becomes relevant to sort of everyone that's sitting in their car thinking jesus i need to get to work or why am I stuck in traffic again? And maybe if they were to hear this on the radio, it'd be like, oh shit, mm. I had like something to do with that, which I think is Definitely. quite quite a cool idea. And tying like the physical to the digital is... Um... I thought it was really cool also because they, they, the inspiration for... So it was kind of like a cynical... Uh, the whole album was kind of like a cynical, like on social media and like, where are we going and stuff. And the whole campaign was kind of inspired by that. So they really found a way of using digital. So even if you're not like someone that likes digital, you can actually get kind of, you can do the other way around and yeah. do kind of like a satirical spin. They're obviously very digital and like it as well. But uh, I think that's very important that you kind of find your ways of doing it yeah. your way so that it fits right for that, for that type of band. And I guess just looking at Sandbox here, you know, it says it was covered in, Pitchfork, BuzzFeed, The Verge, and Gadget, LA Times, like, mm. you know, ideal press for anyone that, that is trying to release a record, regardless of sort of your genre, if you're covered in, in, in those outlets, you're doing the right job. And Yeah, definitely. And I know just from, I mean, it might have been just Office, but we were like blasting it, <laughs> <laughs> the album after that. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, quite good to get our attention about yeah. the new album as well. Were there any um, campaigns that you sort of felt that you couldn't include that didn't sort that got sent through because I'm sure you got sent yeah, through. Yeah, there was quite there was quite a lot. Um, I'm going to keep on continuing on the Swedish train now, uh, but it, there was also one campaign that came from the same team as the Avicii team. Okay, um, and it was for Torvalu, which I when I saw the campaign, I had seen the campaign. I didn't know that it was them. Yeah, earlier this year, and I just thought oh my god the person that came up with this must yeah. be a genius so it was her music video for uh time bomb it was called time bomb so sorry who who's so tovelo is uh, sorry uh yeah to to tovelo i think they say in english but yeah that's I how i would have said it but luckily i'm with a swede yeah. correctly <laughs> so she's a pop artist uh she's been on coplay's latest album she's okay. getting a lot of wow. uh, yeah, attention yeah. and she's pretty, getting really big in in the u.s so they've been uh, kind of the top markets are I think Sweden and, mm. and the US right now, but yeah. So she's done. She she does something she calls a dirty pop. Okay. So it's kind of, I think it's Swedish pop, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like you know, pop, but not the kind of yeah. chewing gum pop. Yeah. Uh, and um, for this specific single, so or for this video release, they had a video on YouTube, and it's a really brilliant way of making the most actually of YouTube and how to get people to watch. So they created this kind of where you could log in or you can kind of see watch the video mm. with someone else 
anywhere else on the planet. So it would be like if the two of us okay, logged yeah, in yeah, together, cool. we would watch the video together. Cool. And they would take a photo at the end. And occasionally, <laughs> Tuvalu herself would pop in. And yeah, of yeah. course, the fans freak out yeah, when yeah. this happens. But I thought it was really nice because we often talk about, you know, how it, how in internet kind of dis you know makes people not talk to each other but actually this yeah. was a kind of a nice way it's kind of like a chat roulette oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and you just log in and you kind of see the video together and of course it made people do it uh, more times so it had a dwell time of like six minutes which was m much longer than the yeah. actual video so that was amazing i found I that really interesting that. actually like reading um through the sandbox end of year campaign and sort of how there were so many games, but also like the, the key thing was dwell time. Like one of the mm. things I, I assume, you know, that's a stat that you're able to report. You can't report sales openly or how much you spent on stuff. So, so specific, but a lot of marketers were very keen to sort of say how long, you know, five, six, seven minutes, you know, fantastic times the way you're really having an engaged fan, you know, like yeah, you look exactly. at like bounce rates on most websites, you know, you're looking at sort of, if you're lucky, you're going to get 30, 40, 50 seconds, but then to sort of have a, have someone sit there longer than a song it's just you know it's you're obviously amazing. doing a great job if uh, if you can get someone to really be engaged for a song or yeah. more and it's know. so difficult to even catch someone's attention for like 10 seconds you know it's just amazing when you can get someone to actually yeah. engage i mean of course you want you want that to kind of result in something mm. eventually but yeah definitely clever i thought that was really clever yeah uh the other one is uh, i actually thought that Beach House had a really good one. Okay. Uh, they they um, had this. Um, first of all, it was kind of like you could um, you fill out your email and all of that, and then you get kind of like a random song from. So you you choose your favorite songs from from other Beach House. Okay. So past Beach House yeah. songs out of their whole. It was just like a really super simple website. Yeah. It was just like black and you know it was from Bella Union. Yeah just black and white and you just chose that and then you got like a, a track from the new album cool dependent on which what, tracks yeah. you've chosen which was worked really well but the one that i really liked was also that you could then choose what tracks what top three i think it was top three tracks uh that you um the top three tracks that you wanted to see them play yeah, when you cool. went and saw them live because every each gig would be different yeah, yeah. oh my god that was so brilliant i saw um, that's super cool i saw a wilco campaign which i don't know which one would have become first but i know wilco have got like a really really engaged live audience mm. um when i used to work at like crowd search or song you know that's now song kit we we used to look at wilco a lot it's like a band we'd love to have worked with and um i think they did something similar where they released a record to their fans but then they would say what song do you want us to play as an encore? What song do you want us to open with? So yeah. like that choice is really d determined, you know, based on the fans and they're mm. able to sort of shape the set. And even if you haven't bought a ticket, you're still able to sort of have an influence into what's played, which I think is like so powerful, yeah. know, especially as for someone like Wilco anyway, but I'm sure with Beach House as well, they're like, live is their sort of bread and butter. Mm where Definitely. that's where they're sort of making a killing and doing loads of gigs and it allows them to sort of separate themselves from a standard up-and-coming band or established band by just having that next level of engagement so the fan feels even more sort of connected to the live show which i think is you know ridiculously and it might powerful. go it might make you go several times as well yeah. because each time will be different yeah. it might make it even i mean i think 
I would hope that the artist thinks it's more fun yeah, as well yeah. because they get to play different sets and everything will be, you know, each time will be unique. So it's yeah. just brilliant. It's a bit, great bit of research as well, I guess. If you're playing um, around the world, you, know, mm. you could play one song in South America, you know, in Brazil or something that is huge. And you're like, well, we don't play that at all in our American sets or our yeah. English sets. And I think that's a really cool way in sort of testing out where you want to shape like your new music as well, maybe because Definitely. you're sort of getting that instantaneous feedback rather than sort of an angry Facebook comment saying, why yeah. did you play this? Why yeah. did you play that? You know, you get something that's a bit more sort of emotional connection to it, I think, which, yeah. is, which is really cool. So what are some of the campaigns that you thought were brilliant that weren't included in Sandbox? Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's seen the sort of meme of uh, believers in yeah. uh, sort of 2014 <laughs> and believers in 2015. Of I think course. <laughs> 2015 was the year that I became a believer um with much pressure from i think my... everyone became yeah, yeah. a believer definitely i think with much pressure from my girlfriend but um i think the campaign <laughs> was just like fantastically executed you know they um for those that didn't see it or aren't in that world you know he had like a his fans unlocked the album it was you know every sort of trick was used of fans will unlock the album content you could buy the record before the album content was released and if you paid for like a deluxe edition you got earlier access so it was mm. like you know payment gateway into getting the first content they did like ridiculously long it was like 18 i think days countdown on instagram where being justin bieber he had like the who's who yeah with you know a custom placard saying this is going to be five days four days three days you know he had like ariana grande i think mm. he had um he had everyone he had like, like everyone he had like yeah he had supermodels doing it yeah. he had like rap superstars doing it like e everyone that you could sort of associate was somehow involved i think like zoolander was involved yeah. <laughs> which tied into the zoolander promotion for the new movie you know it was just really well thought of again you know like that's justin bieber so he's able to pull in those favors yeah and then i think the other thing was um one of the things that we've been sort of from the management side of things fascinated with is sort of dance videos mm. and not dance videos as in like Avicii or Disclosure but actual choreography videos and his team has obviously seen that and seen yeah. what a craze it is and you know it's a really growing craze on, on YouTube and online and they've tapped into that by creating these sort of um, uh, you wouldn't classify I wouldn't classify them as like sort of uh, they're like more experimental dance yeah, you know it's yeah. not your traditional ballet or hip hop or, or jazz it's, it's very much sort of uh, adaptive to its environment, which I thought was really cool. And they they released those um, for every song on the album, which yeah. I'm sure helped massively in him getting, I think, every track in the top 20 billboard, I think it was. You know, the stats for the album were unbelievable. Yeah. Um, unbullied. I mean, I think that... Um, <laughs> that's awful. Um, but, you know, I think like it was just so well executed. And then it was combined with a more traditional side of press of like... I remember seeing them on TGI Fridays... Um, going down really I yeah it was it was yeah it was it was really cringe um <laughs> yeah it was he went you know went down like the gunk slide in a super suit and was really keen to like beat everyone's time and it was quite engaging and he you know i think there was one weekend where he was on every big chat show in the uk so you could yeah. not be aware that justin bieber was releasing an album and, you know it was a relentless schedule for him mm, but you know, because he's so young and able to sort of probably has a stamina that sort of a an older artist might not have to be able to do like six or seven talk shows over the weekend he just completely smashed it mm. and you know the, the from sort of my personal perspective i think the music is really good as well mm. um and with his 
previous, you know, it was like, uh, I can't remember what it was called, it was something Mondays, um, where he would yeah, release yeah. a new track on Spotify every Monday. Yeah. You know, that was really cool, and they were obviously maybe trying to test out the sort of I think that's release. when they noticed that it was like it was still doing well because it's Justin Bieber but they it, that it yeah. was going down yeah and, and that it wasn't attracting like you know the the fourth Monday wasn't attracting as much as yeah. the first Monday and so they needed to find a different way of and it was fascinating to see it. how sort of from from a sort of mainstream press you know I'm, I'm not going on pop websites every day but how little the album before that got picked up you mm. know the, the sort of staggered release on, on Spotify and iTunes and stuff whereas this one mm. You could not like go on any website. You couldn't go on Facebook without it sort of trending in the right hand side, saying Justin Bieber's done this, Justin Bieber's done that. Yeah. And it thing. feels like he's sort of really reestablished himself as the the sort of pop superstar that he was when he was like a you know sixteen, seventeen with Usher and Baby, and you know like fair enough to him. He's sort of he's re sort of established himself as. I definitely think that they, it really worked as well as establishing himself as more of a mature artist, yeah. which I thought Taylor Swift did really well as well when she got like yeah. the indie people on board, you know, mm. uh, with with all of the kind of music that she was doing, and it became cool to mm. kind of listen to Taylor Swift for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then and then I think he kind of did that route as well because it's still kind of the same. He's still as big as he was when he was sixteen, but yeah the older demographic also know of him and also mm. listen to the album which is amazing yeah yeah, yeah. i thought that was uh it's really interesting which you when you mentioned the the dance thing because i kept going on about when i was in the u.s this summer everyone was doing this nene okay, dance yeah, that yeah, watch me yeah. with and it's just been following haunting me like <laughs> throughout the year i was just like is this is not going to go away it's just going to keep on you know and then it became drake's kind of grandpa yeah, dancing yeah, yeah. or whatever so it's definitely like those type of dance yeah it was like you know like soldier boy a couple of years ago was like yeah. a massive one and yeah especially i guess for an american audience the, the dance seems to be a really yeah. sort of well-defined thing um and from like sort of looking on youtube it seems like sort of korean dance troops are really popular as well so mm. it's like it's quite interesting to see there is like a global spanning thing um that sort of really is engaging a different audience um which i think is really, really cool it is yeah it's um true what you're saying with it's something that we'd, we don't talk too much about but i mean k-pop and and all of that what's happening in in asia is really really interesting and they've got these big super groups and they're now starting mm. to kind of get bigger and bigger in the us and in europe yeah. and i just see it from like my sister like it's just when she went to but like she was going to this gig uh, I can't remember the name, but it was in London, and we we turn around like it was just completely empty. And I was like, "Oh my god, is no one going to this gig?" And then we turn around the corner, and it's just like this long row yeah. of teenage girls uh, everywhere. So Scary. that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the the let's talk about like the trends that we've seen overall yeah. when we've been looking at at the campaigns? So what are some of the things that you've been noticing? Um, I think like. This is a trend that's sort of been increased over the years. It's like the gamification or adding the game element to a campaign. Like a Justin Bieber campaign had a game where he could skateboard around. Um, I think in the ones that you covered, there's like Iron Maiden had a game. Mm. Um, Frank, Frank, Turner, yeah. uh, Frank Turner had a game, which yeah. was like, I think it said coded by the band. It like, was Frank geez, Carter and the rappers. Yeah, like, that what was a skill so to have up your sleeve. Like, oh yeah, I can record an album, write great songs. Oh, by the way, I'll, I'll code this really cool mechanic. It's like dream it person. It was so, yeah, it was literally when I was uh, talking to, to the team 
they were like, yeah, they just called us up and were like, yeah, we've been working on this. Yeah, this like, game. What a, I was like, what? Like amazing. Like you know, I, we work with some artists that are a bit similar, like where they're just like, yeah, I want to do this, and this is how I'm going to do it, and I've sorted it out. And you're like, amazing. Like, but that's what we were saying before as well. Like taking taking actually use of making the most of whatever initiative mm. the artist is is doing. I think that's really important. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to remember the other. There was you know a lot of games. There was to a like... did one as well, which is a Swedish pop artist. Um, where they tied it in really nicely with uh, with a YouTubers and using Twitch, um, so cool. live streaming. I see that more and more, and I think I'm so happy that the music industry is finally. I mean, we've been banging on about this for like three, four years now, but the last two years is really changing. When people are starting to notice that actually YouTubers are very important, influencers in in, in general are really important, and they can be used. Uh, both as inspiration on what to do but also to collaborate with and yeah. they have so much power yeah i think what the other thing was you know even the use of like playlists and how you know spotify al always has been for the past sort of three or four years like a marketing tool but it feels like you know with um, the bring the horizon campaign it was like a game but with spotify mm. um know where you could sort of undistort tracks and they were delivering different types of tracks to spotify and i think that's just really cool and creative way to sort of if you to get people that maybe aren't familiar with spotify or even if they are like to provide them with a different experience i thought that was really creative and really cool um i thought i saw several yeah several of those type of things and where it kind of going to testing different ways of, of using spotify and um, i had you know you have one direction tweeting out these kind of codes and it yeah. would be like those type of things and it would um i also have um something from sony sweden which is for a swedish hip-hop hip-hop artist that they're now testing yeah. releasing only one song you can see the songs when you go into the album but it's saying you yeah. know coming soon so every month they would release one song yeah. so it's kind of prolonging chemical brothers this amazing thing with yeah Spotify. that was really cool. it was really cool yeah um, so all of those type of things, Ludovico Einardo used the interactive kind of piano playing yeah. on their uh, banner as well. Yeah, so I thought I that think was really cool. Yeah, all of those type of things is amazing to see what we can do. I mean, now it's it's mostly kind of with Spotify right now, but yeah. it's it's interesting to see you know what's coming with Apple and all of the kind of streaming platforms. But I think like really. it felt it felt like a lot of the sort of not better campaigns because you know no no campaign here is better or worse because it's all on budgets and you know based on the music mm. more importantly but it felt like there was a huge amount of sort of immersiveness for a fan this year compared to the previous years when you know when I was at Music Ally and did mm. Sandbox and last year's Sandbox like this year felt like sort of where we have sort of adopted that sort of YouTube creativeness where you do have to really engage your fans and sort of be 100% engaged or completely distance yourself like Adele did and just go hey I'm back exactly like, yeah. records like it's amazing um, you know like all that Beyonce fact you know I still find it like phenomenal that you know Beyonce Kanye West Adele like just don't Jay-Z like they just don't really tweet like they yeah. don't, they're not really in, they're obviously engaged but they're not sort of outward facing and then they'll just come back and be like hey I'm here and the same with like Ed Sheeran with his announcement of saying mm. like he's going to switch off you know, it feels like you you have to either fully switch off and say, this isn't me, like, this is my management or this is my record label. Yeah. Or you have to go, right, I'm going sort of balls to the wall here. This is me. I'm really going for it. Like, I'm going to be doing everything. Like, Diplo is someone that we look at and just thinks, like, phenomenal. Mm. You know, like, 
you can tell that he is really, really attached to everything that goes out that has his name on it, which is, is just so powerful from his fans. It makes it really engaging. You mentioned um, Frank Turner, yeah. and that's also someone that's really interesting. He yeah. has so much kind of control and, and in a good way and mm. kind of say about what happens, I think, which is Yeah, really there was nice. a, like a lyric video that I saw him do, but I thought yeah. it was really, really cool, which again, I think was in Music Ally. And, mm. uh, you know, it was just him. And that's the thing, like when you can provide that connection um, the artist provides attention to fans. It's sort of the most valuable thing. And we did a, a Reddit Ask Me Anything with one of the guys that we wrote with called Rusty, who's on Warp. And um, it was by far the most engaging thing that we've done, like mm. for that record, with results to sort of sales, to results with like new fans, with capturing emails, with capturing you know new social statistics. And it was an hour of his time sitting in his house just answering questions with fans, you know, like in a, sort of the space of an hour, we had like 250 different questions and comments. Um, and we got great support from, like, we didn't really do it in partnership with anyone. We just did it ourselves. We let Reddit know in advance and it just worked really, really well. And it was like my first experience of Reddit and find myself like using Reddit more and more from just a personal perspective, but how vital it is. And I was, Pretty, yeah, I was quite surprised that sort of there was no campaign here that had like Reddit in it. Yeah, very interesting. I was going to ask you, so how do you see it going? Because I see these type of, yeah, Reddit, for example, is huge. Um, who was that that got like really big by just this weird like thing on Reddit and his video all of a sudden got loads of views? I can't It wasn't remember, like um, anyone really famous, but it was... There was a case that I saw um, where like this guy just showcased that Ryan Adams... Like, not yeah, to talk about something that. slightly different, but on Reddit, where a guy showcased Ryan Adams put a picture out of his records, and he went on Reddit and said, "Hey guys, like, Ryan Adams has just socially endorsed me. This is really cool. Like, oh yeah, I love that's him. the one. Yeah." And then he put that on Reddit, and it got onto the front page of Reddit. So, like, to get on the front page of Reddit, you've got to have like four thousand upvotes, which are like likes, let's say. And it was on the front page, and then he did another post saying, "Here's the Ryan Adams effect," and I got like ten sales. Yeah. Here's the Reddit effect; I got a thousand sales, and it yeah. was just like, "Wow!" Like now you, now from a sort of marketing perspective, regardless of your genre, you can't really ignore it. Yeah. You know, and, and there are some examples of like terrible Reddit Ask Me Anythings where you can tell it's like an, the film like. For, it's generally actors where it's really bad, yeah. where the actor just can't be asked to do it, and they'll go to their assistant, oh, can you do this for me? And it's really obvious. Mm. But, you know, like, there's there's really good examples of, like, Tom Hanks, on like, Tom Hanks has done a couple, and he's, like, handwritten answers or typewriter answers. And, That's very cool, yeah. You know, like, r really, really cool, um, where you can tell it's him. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, like, ne this year, 2016, we're now in 2016, um, it's, it's, I think it's really excited and like you said about the social influences i feel like with crowdmix who's mm. pretty much like a social influencer network um not to undersell it or oversell it that's just what i see it as um it feels like people are becoming aware of sort of oh this person likes my music maybe they can help me promote it you yeah. know and sort of a, a street team but it's like a superpower street team where you'd have people going around you know oxford circus handing out your leaflets these people can do that from you know their bedroom and hit fifty thousand people, and I think that is like the the one thing that we've seen with like Justin Bieber, where he's tying into mm. you know Taylor Swift doing her live shows with 
God knows every musician under the sun in every, you know, like going to St. Louis yeah. in Atlanta and getting Nelly out. So all like, even if it's a completely different artist, you know, yeah. you, you've still got your like the person that is the biggest act in that town. Um, I think that's like really apparent this year and the sort of big stars are noticing that and it's obviously a lot easier to do it if you're yeah. Taylor Swift because anyone regardless of, of whether you like her or not you'd probably go yeah I'll come play in front of 60,000 people in Staples Centre or whatever uh, or 20,000 like, people fly there. you out yeah. You, um, yeah but I think like every, you know, from a sort of grassroots up we'll start to see that you know the, now that everyone it feels like especially sort of the the people that are in university now like creating their brands and mm. at a very young age and now like you know like Jamal Edwards at SBTV like people are trying to sort of replicate that and um, I think it's it's going to be really interesting how we keep control of that uh, as a sort of music industry and as a record label and management of how you can make sure that you still are able to go to like Nico and say, hey Nico, you've got 10,000 followers on Instagram yeah, and we can see that you like one of the bands we work with. Would you want like first dibs on uh, listening to the new album and then share it? You know? and I, I think, think that's so much more, that's such a good point. Like instead of, you know, going to pitchfork maybe mm. you would go to someone like that and that would get you so much more value yeah if that fits in with your audience uh, better i also think it's really interesting when we talk about uh, spotify the things that i've i've seen like we've kind of seen tests with when you're using because there's so much data and it's mm. like what do we do with all this data and mm. and how you can kind of use that to tie in with merchandise and live tours and kind of getting you like oh you're you're one of top top listeners of Foo Fighters that mm. email that they sent out yeah and you know maybe you're interested in this and that would be really cool to see what happens within the browser so you might you know you're listening to this right now oh why I'm playing you know yeah tonight do you want to buy yeah. my ticket you know directly yeah those type of things and that song kick integration with Spotify I think yeah. will, will lend to that and um you know, it's, it's, it is going to be the whole idea of like full stack music from like Ian Ian Hogarth's uh, from Songkick, who is their chairman, has written about it. Mm. Um, Sammy Edwards, as uh, who's uh, cooking or was Not, a cooking, yeah, ex cooking vinyl. Uh, you know, and I think like Lucy Blair at Motive Unknowns mentioned it. You know, there's a lot of people that mention it, and it's it's not necessarily a new idea, but it's a really relevant idea. Mm. You know, it's definitely you, coming up be really interested to see what Pandora do this year which a lot of people have said um, especially because I sort of worked for a year and a half at a ticketing company that did like pre-sales for artists that yeah. was the one thing that you know we really wanted to do was to get that partnership with a song kick or a, you know for iTunes to be able to go to Apple and be like hey like can we get the details of the people that play for the part like bought a single in the past 12 weeks in London Yeah, because we're playing a really secret show and we want to reward those fans and no, Apple uh, is, is quite closed about that, but it feels like sort of other people are realising that to get managers and to get artists on side, you sort of have to be a little bit more transparent about data. Yeah. And um, you know, like I think that's led everywhere. Um, but it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see whether that full stack sort of side of things really evolves because at the moment it's great to be able to say, oh yeah, I can, I can get my data from Spotify, I can sell mm. my tickets via Songkick or Ticketfly or Ticketmaster, I can go onto Facebook, I've got my email and it's, and it's like, yeah, but who's connecting all of that? Yeah, exactly. You know, from, I know that like the record, some record labels will have a system that will connect certain things, but you know, how do you get that whole picture in one place, like a 
a next big sound on like steroids rather yeah. than just you know like pulling in public information and a few private things all right so thank you so much for coming and joining me you're welcome talking thank about you the campaigns uh, and you will be able to read all of the all of the campaigns in our sandbox and we'll also be releasing the best of the rest as we said uh, out of all of the, the submissions that we've got uh, on our website uh, thank you and i'll see you some other time